The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. I'm so glad you've made the choice to join us for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, doing okay today? I am well, my friend. Blessed and highly favored. <laughs> hey, you know, we're going to meet a woman today on the program that just brings and radiates such joy in her life. You know, God's really worked in her life, hasn't he? Absolutely. And she has a lot to be grateful for as she has journeyed through her path. And she has a unique story to tell, as all cancer patients do. You know, you bring such interesting guests to us. Almost every week we have a different person tell their story. I'm impressed with how unique each story is, how God works in each person's life just a little bit differently. You know, it's an important reminder when we begin to try to go through our systematic theology and we try to, you know, put God in a box and structure how he does things that we need to be reminded that God is big, he is huge, and he is vast. And in order to really appreciate that, all we need to do is look at the landscape of his creation of humanity. And we hear the unique distinctions of differences of how God works in people's lives, the nuances of how he does things that may be very different from one to another. And we're really going to hear that with regard to this. This particular person. Today. We learn from each other. We learn from each other. We should learn from each other. Sometimes I'm not sure if we do, uh, <laughs> but we should learn from each other. You know, I, I often give the analogy of bears. You know, you have the polar bear, you have the panda bear, you have the black bear, you have the brown bear, and they all eat different things. They all live in different environments. They all behave differently, but they're still all part of the bear family. And the panda <laughs> okay. bear never argues with anyone about not liking eucalyptus. <laughs> and the polar bear never gets mad at individuals who don't want to hang out in the cold. So again, if we could understand the unique dynamic of God's creation, we're all different, and God expresses himself uniquely and differently in all of us. I like that thought very much. Well, we'll meet our guest here in just a moment, as Percy talked with her earlier and brought the conversation to our podcast here today, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our resource, our free resource, is Seven Things You Should Know About Cancer, written by our own Percy McRae. Percy, thanks for putting this together. Uh, there's so much for us to learn, whether we're a caregiver or whether we have received a cancer diagnosis. We need to learn some things together. Well, I'd like to say it this way. There's an art and science to basically the whole conversation of cancer as well as supporting individuals with cancer. And so we put this document together, as we do all of the other documents, to provide helpful, practical insights to individuals so that they can uh, courageously and confidently engage in the the cancer conversation and with those in their cancer communities. Well, stay with us. We're going to meet a delightful woman in just a moment. And this is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. That's our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, where you can download that free resource, Seven Things You Should Know About Cancer. Answer. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. 
or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. And the phone number to call is 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE, H-O-P-E. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Just before we meet Elaine Barber today, why don't you open the scriptures for us, Percy? Our spiritual uh, nugget for today is found in Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 28. Very familiar passage of scripture, uh, but will be so applicable to this conversation for today. And we know, not that we guess, not that we're wondering, but and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Let's listen now as Percy brings today's interview on health, hope, and inspiration. Well, with me today is Elaine Barber, who is a two-time breast cancer patient treating at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She is not actively treating for her cancer at this particular time of the recording, but she is receiving assessment and follow-up uh, and, and basically being looked at on an ongoing basis. But she's got an interesting story to tell us today, and I want to hear from her. Welcome to the show, Elaine. How are you, my dear? Hi, good. Thank you very much. Well, you look wonderful and radiant and happy and just uh, full of joy in life. And I would imagine uh, there are some things that helps to contribute to that. So we're going to talk about, first and foremost, uh, when you were first told that you had cancer, how did that impact you? And where were you when you were told that you had cancer? Well, first of all, it happened to be on Halloween. So I always tell people it was not a trick and it was not a treat. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No trick, nor treat. <laughs> but it was uh, actually October 31st of 2011. Okay. I had been a kindergarten teacher. I had gone through scans and I knew that... Uh, the results were coming, and I had been playing tag with my doctor. Okay. So I, as soon as school was done, I went over to her office. She came out and met me, and I knew immediately that something was not right because yep. she had never come into the waiting room before, okay. and that's when I found out. How did you feel when you were told that you had cancer? What was the, what was the initial reaction, response? What was going on inside of you? It was a difficult moment my mind started just thinking about everything it was racing you know mm -hmm. your life kind of flashes before you sure. because there's a lot of negative that comes with the word cancer sure and so when i absorbed it i i just kind of thought you know what i don't know what i'm going to do with this but i went home with the idea and i just i kind of really just put myself in my room and and prayed and cried, and yeah. I'm like, okay, God, now yeah. what? Okay, okay. So you, you get to the now what, you you process, as, as I've used the term, you, you have to allow that to marinate a little bit. That I don't think that anyone initially, when told that they have cancer, initially responds with the next thing to do. There, there's, a, there's some time to process and allow that to be absorbed, and, and whatever your process was in, in your particular case went home. Uh, she had some tears, I would imagine, had some mm -hmm. conversation with your family and um, you know, loved ones and et cetera. You, you then uh, launch out to begin to seek treatment and care. Um, you begin treatment at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Let's talk about 
you were sharing a, a bit of your process and your journey of diagnosis and et cetera. Uh, you, you opt to treat uh, at the facility. And, and you had a very kind of interesting process of conversation around diagnosis, what was, what wasn't, uh, scans and treatment. Let's talk a little bit about that, if you can, a little bit about how you started that process. Sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, just to get to the Cancer Treatment Center, you know, the one thing I learned was how to listen mm. to people around me. Okay. Because the thing I figured out was one person would say something, another person would say something, and then I'd hear it again, and I would kind of think, you know what? Maybe God's trying to get my attention. Well, it's interesting, and if I can interrupt and you hold that thought, what happens for a lot of cancer patients I've served and, and had the privilege of supporting cancer patients a long time is that they get a lot of information from a lot of people. They're almost bombarded with information, and in some cases, they feel overwhelmed by that information. So you, you get all of this information that is being submitted to you, and so you begin to think, well, maybe, Lord, you're talking to me. Exactly. Exactly. And I started paying attention because I learned that God speaks to us, but he uses people too. Absolutely. And so I started heeding his instructions and I got into the CTCA and it was actually December before I had a surgery. And then we started talking about, you know, my, my treatments. Okay. And so I actually had a body scan and I was standing in faith and I was believing, you know what? God's healed me. Okay. I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to uh, continue this protocol treatment that okay. they have for me. Okay. I actually talked to a mentor friend of mine, and I'd gone to uh, some of his healing courses, and he said, no, you run to that scan, get that body scan, and show people that you're healed. Okay. And when it came back, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Interesting. So let's put a pin there, and you're, you're driving down the street that I, I live on with regard to the the convoluted conversation of faith, uh, belief uh, in healing, um, medicine and science. And, and of course, you're a strong believer. And this audience is people who are listening are people of faith that in many cases we're trying to balance will come to terms with, uh, I believe that I'm healed. I believe I've received my healing. I've done all the things I know to do. I've done my medical treatment. I've prayed. I've talked to my pastor. I've had people pray for me, et cetera, et cetera. So you're ready to do another scan, and lo and behold, it's not the report that you expected. Let's talk mm -hmm. about it. No, it wasn't at all. Um, when I got the scan back, it showed that uh, the cancer had spread to my lymph nodes. Okay was in my ovary, and at the time they thought in my rib, in my back, yeah. that, that ended up just being actually some scar tissue in my lung. Okay. So it progressed. It had progressed because the type of cancer that I have been fighting is a highly metastatic okay. breast cancer. Got it. It was only a matter of a few months that I had, you know, after my surgery that this had happened because I didn't rush anything. Right. Just because I followed... My gut, and I followed, you know, where my peace was. Absolutely. So you did your due diligence. I did. Yeah. You, yeah. you believe you followed the voice of the Lord. You, you, you did all of the things that you knew to do. And I think it's important to lay this out because, again, this journey is exactly that. There, there are turns and, you know, the road is not straight. There's hills and valleys. So you're, you're, you're in a valley. It's amazing in the faith community how everybody has a say when you get cancer, how you should be treated and what you should believe. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And I had to find 
my heart, yep. my faith, yep. and what I believe God could do for me. So you're in this valley. You don't get the report that you expected after surgery. What did you do? How did you handle that? What happened next? I was in my bedroom, and I had been going through a lot of turmoil Okay. because I'm going back and forth, and I'm like, I wasn't ever angry at God, but I was just... Okay, God, what? Yeah, there's some anxiety here. (laughs) There's a lot of anxiety. And I remember I just fell on my knees. Okay. And I said, God, I can't do this. I literally could not. Mm. This amazing, warm honey of a peace fell over me. Okay. And it was like God wrapping his arms around me. Sure. And I heard these words. Just very distinctly, as if you were, I mean, almost audibly. Okay. And, and God says, am I not bigger than cancer? And can I not handle chemo? Wow. And I thought, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah, God, you can. And that's when this overwhelming peace just hung on me. And I had another appointment follow up a few days later, and that piece stayed and mm. just carried me to that appointment. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, Elaine, again, um, because, again, you're, you're not aware of the fact, but I get a lot of feedback from people who listen to this show. I just recently received an email from someone uh, from this area, actually, who I did not know had cancer and shared with me the fact you have no idea how important these conversations are that you're holding with people and what that's meaning to me because I'm currently walking walking through the, the battle and the journey of being a cancer patient. Somebody is listening today who needs to hear exactly what you've just stated because you had just gone through this process, kind of this kind of convoluted road, if you will, of what kind of diagnosis, what type of cancer, here's some treatment options. You did some clinical things as you were supposed to do. You believe that you heard from the Lord. Uh, You go and do a scan and bam, you get a report back that's not favorable. And and you go home and you say, listen, Lord, I can't do this. I'm I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm as I think most people would probably be now. You're and I want to be clear. You're a person of faith. You're trusting in God. You're walking with the with the faith and hope of God. But you have to have another real moment with him of him assuring and, and somehow spiritually ministering to you. I got you. And we're going to be able to work through this. And then you go back to your treatment or go back to a visit next couple of days. What happens after you go through that process? What's the next step? What took place there? Well, I go back to my oncologist and I visit with him. Yeah. And I had gone through, you know, since I'd had that body scan, he says, well, let's check it out and Mm -hmm. let's go through Mm -hmm. and and, uh, get some tests run. And so I did that. You know, God had already given me that peace, yeah. so he's carrying me, and I knew he was doing something. <laughs> and so when I get to he's that... He's driving the car is what he's doing ex- at this point. Ex- exactly. And actually, that next doctor's appointment was to uh, be my first chemotherapy. So I, I had a friend meeting me there. I had... Uh, my pastor was going to meet me there because okay. I wanted to be covered in prayer. <laughs> yeah. And they said, oh, you don't need to do chemo today. And I said, oh. Okay. okay. And I'm, I was a little confused. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know why I was, but I was. Okay. Like, okay. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. But anyway, so I go in and I meet with my doctor. He was an older gentleman, full of wisdom and 
very educated. Okay. And he said to me, he says, you know what? He says, I've been doing this for 56 years. Just a little while. Yeah. He'd seen all kinds of cases. Yeah. And he says, I have never had this happen before. Mm. He says, there is no cancer in your body. Get out of town. Praise God. Yeah. He says, so you're not going to be doing chemotherapy today. So. Yeah. There you go, huh? Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. And so what ha- what's going on inside of your consciousness at this moment, particularly based upon that word that you believe that the Lord gave you in, in arguably one of your most desperate moments of anxiety and tension and frustration? What's going through your consciousness? What's going through your mind when you hear your doctor, not your pastor, your doctor say yeah. that? Well, I jumped up and kissed him on the cheek. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I, was, and I was very excited. I mean, my insides were turning upside down. Just a I mean, bit. flip-flopping. I was so excited. I I told him. I said, I believe it's God. I said I had a lot of people praying for me. And he says, You know what? I believe you did. And wow. I, I he says, I can't explain it. He said, but I do believe it was God. Wow. Yeah. So where does that take us now from there till today? Where, okay. What are we doing? What's going on with right. you medically? What's going on with you in any other way? What's that? Right. Because to look at you, you look fabulous. You look wonderful. And Thank I say you. that respectfully. Thank you. Well, you said I'm a two-time breast cancer survivor. So that was the first time. Okay. So there was another time. And talk about challenging your faith. <laughs> yeah. Not once. <laughs> not once, but twice. But now two times. Yeah. So knock on wood, right? Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. They had suggested that I do a uh, chemo okay. for about a year. So okay. I did it. I only lasted about 10 months. Okay. And that was every three weeks. Okay. And I did that. But they said it'd be very beneficial to my body. Okay. So I was asked to do a targeted therapy for this kind of cancer. After that... I was fine. And I actually went to Israel and ah. took a trip to visit a cousin who was living over well, there. Well, look at you with your bad self. And took <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, I had a photo shoot because I felt really good yeah. about myself. And it wasn't me, you know, to glorify me. No. It was just to glorify God because I felt like I'd been through the tough, one of the toughest times in my life. Sure. And I wanted to remember those moments. Absolutely. And I also wanted, the reason I went to Israel, because I thought, you know what? I wanted to go see where Jesus had been yeah. and, and I wanted to celebrate. And that was my, my way of, of celebrating. So I went about eight months with nothing showing up. Okay. I had uh, gone through a couple difficult times, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, I had this gut feeling. And I thought, you know what? I've had this feeling before. Okay. Been here, done that. Yeah. And no no pain, no symptoms. I just had a gut feeling. Okay. And so that just the intuition, that small, still voice inside speaking yeah, to you. Yeah, and, and maybe just a, not even a voice, just a, something's not quite right. Got it. Yeah. So I uh, had had an appointment for follow-up. Okay. And I just said to my oncologist, I said, I, I you know, I think I need another scan. Mm-hmm. He says, really? And I said, yeah. He says, are you having any symptoms? I said, no. I said, but it's been a while. I'd like to have one. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. First of all, you're empowered. You get to ask for what you want. How yeah. good is it to be able to have that type of partnership with your health care? Oh, I can't tell you how awesome that is. Yeah. They listen to you. Yeah, yeah. That's they awesome. hear they listen to you and they uh, 
do everything they can to help you. Okay. So you get and a new scan. And so I got a new scan and yeah. it had come back. And it was in, this time it was in my auxiliary node. Okay. I was again, you know, anxious about it. Sure. Upset, in tears. Because my thought was, okay, I'd done it. I'd had my miracle. Right. You know, God healed me, and I did everything I could, and crud. Hey, I've been, I've been <laughs> to the Holy Land. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, walk, I walked the steps of Jesus. <laughs> I didn't walk on water, but hey, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was on there. the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> I've been there, and, it's an, and it is an amazing experience, uh, yeah. no question about it, yeah. But, yeah, so it, it shook me up, and I said, God. What about my testimony? Mm. I, you know, you healed me. And he spoke to me. He says, Elaine, you still have your testimony. Absolutely. You still have that. I'm still here with you. And I'm still walking you through this. You know, what's amazing, and and I'm going to jump in right here, Elaine, and, and I don't think I've ever said this before. When we sign up for faith school, we're told that, you know, do this, do this, and God will do X, Y, and Z. And, and it's very neat, and it's very clean, and it's very simple. We pray, we believe, we receive. You know, we go to our pastor, we, have our, we get counseled, the pastor prays for us, we have a healing service, they lay hands on us, they anoint us. Very, and when we do X, Y, and Z, we go to church, or we pay our tithes, we check off all the boxes of what we're supposed to do, and we've done everything. We have been led to believe that then we're going to get this nice, clean result that's going to happen. And that's not your testimony. And I loved hearing you say, well, Lord, what about my testimony? And the Lord come back, comes back and says, you still do have a testimony, but it's not the testimony that we've been conditioned to believe that we're going to receive. Exactly. It's a very different testimony. A testimony requires you to have to have a test. I tell people this all the time. There is no true testimony without a test. A lot of our testimonies are testimonies that we've heard of other people. In many cases, we're telling other people's narratives and stories that we made our story. When it becomes your story, it becomes unique. It becomes different. In many cases, it becomes complicated, mm -hmm. dare I say. But the fact of the matter is, just as that word that came to you, God still, you, God is still working with you and through you. And that's the story you're telling right now. And that's the story many people need to hear. That at the end of the day, this is not about you checked off all of the boxes and everything ended up a certain way. It's about the fact that God is still working with you and through you to this very moment. And I wish that people could see what I'm looking at. I see a young, vivacious, uh, energetic woman if I walked up to you on the street, I would have never thought that you've been sick a day in your life. Mm -hmm. And so that testimony prevails. And that's true and that's real. It's just not a clean, neat story the way uh -uh. that we think it's going to be. So with that being said, what's next for you? What's, your, what's, what's on your agenda now? What is right. God doing with you right now? Well, a national commercial just came out with mm. CTCA and I happen to be in it. Huh. And I'm on this podcast with you. I have a television interview with one of the local channels next week. Um, I thought you didn't have a testimony. <laughs> what happened to your testimony? You need to stop it, girl. You know, it's Look amazing that, you know, when God says he works out all things for good. Romans works, 8, 28. Exactly. He does. He puts all things together. And cancer is about as bad as you can get. Yeah. But he made it about as good as it could get for me because he's using it to be a platform 
to tell others about how good God is. So so we've now hit the nail on the head here. As one listener of the show wrote to me in terms of what happens for her while listening to our broadcast, the Gospel of John, chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, clearly tells us, and as I paraphrase, that the disciples of Christ witnessed a man born blind from birth, and they asked Jesus, who sinned here? Was it his parents or was it he himself? And Jesus gave an amazing response that may rattle some theological construct. But Jesus said this, neither this man nor his parents sinned. And then furthermore, he went on to say, but this has happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So far as I am concerned, that takes care of the possible sin quagmire or not necessarily walking in the will of God debate. Exactly. And that's what I'm hearing you say today. Mm -hmm. That's your testimony, sweetie. And you still have much yet to do and say, and you're encouraging me and you're encouraging people with all of the things that God is doing in your life. As we close right now, what's the one thing or a thing that gives you hope? Hope is different to everyone. It is. But for me, my hope is showing other people that God loves us no matter what, no matter what we've gone through, and that his miracles still happen today. Mm. And my hope is to tell others that he is a good God, that he is still active in this world, and that if we just tune in even just a little bit, he's always there for us. And I've gone through so many different things. You have no idea, Mm. other than cancer, what I have gone through. And all I can say is, there's a reason. God is in control. Yes. All I can say is, I have more empathy now than I had back in 2011 as that little kindergarten teacher. And I can actually hear somebody say, you know, I've gone through this, I've gone through that. And I can say, you know what? I understand. Yes. And this is what God has done for me. And this is where I'm at. And it's not perfect, but it shows me how he can use anything. We can go through anything. Mm. And he can be there for us no matter what. You've just heard today from Elaine Barber, two-time breast cancer patient, treating at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, pour out her heart and share with us the journey of what God has done and is doing with her life. That little bitty kindergarten teacher who is now talking to thousands and probably millions of people, encouraging them. Today, we salute you and we thank you for your journey. God bless you. Thank you. And thank you, Percy. How can you not be encouraged listening to Elaine? She is an amazing woman uh, of strength and um, persistence. She is surviving, and she has survived her process. And she continues to move forward in the midst of uh, holding on to her testimony and creating and adding to her testimony day by day. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. 
I hope you'll visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, where you can click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options simply by calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Our website is also the place you can go to download today's free resource, Seven Things You Should Know About Cancer. Can we talk about this for a moment? Because I think a lot of what's in this was brought out in the conversation with Elaine, too. Sure, yeah. The, the resource is designed, again, to give people insight and thoughts around the dynamic of uh, the uniqueness of cancer and seven important schools of thought. And one of them that, you know, we can highlight uh, at this moment is the fact that cancer affects all types of people. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to the, uh, the, the, the bear analogy earlier, uh, all types of people from all different walks of life, from different geographical uh, backgrounds, et cetera, et cetera, are impacted by this disease. You know, we heard from Elaine Barber, who is a, a, a kindergarten teacher in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, and, you know, she's a unique, sweet expression of God. And yet she was impacted by cancer, not once, but twice. And, and working through her journey and working through her pathway, uh, we need to be mindful of the fact that when we're supporting cancer patients, uh, we need to also be mindful of their unique expressions of who they are as individuals and not take our pre-inscribed notions uh, to the table to support them. We need to understand their cultural orientation, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera, so that we can really zone in on who they are and that they can be personalized in their support uh, as we continue to walk them through this process. Well, the whole message of what we provide here is that physical, emotional, and spiritual support in the daily things of life to someone who has cancer may potentially have a positive impact on their health journey. That's our message. Absolutely. And so, you know, it leads us to the second point of this resource is practical ministry can have benefits. And at the end of the day, we need to understand that there are practical needs of cancer patients. Cancer patients struggle with their relationships as a result of cancer. They they struggle in some cases with raising their children. They struggle with dynamics at work. I mean, there's practical things that's yeah. going on in their life. But we have to be sensitive, uh, especially when providing spiritual support. We need to be sensitive and we need to make sure that they are inviting us into to, you know, some of those elements and aspects of who they are, but we need to be prepared and willing to support them through that and not dodge those issues, if, if you will. But again, there are practical aspects of ministry that has tremendous benefits to a cancer patient. Well, there's more in this free resource, Seven Things You Should Know About Cancer. You can read it yourself and learn from it. Listen, as uh, Elaine taught us to do today. She said, listen, and we need to be listening to each other. This resource can help. It's called Seven things you should know about cancer. It's available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Free of charge. Take it, use it, benefit from it, share it with others. We would just be honored if you would download it and uh, make some good use out of this. Absolutely. Seven things you should know about cancer, healthhopeandinspiration.com. I do want to mention one more thing today, and that's the Ministry Leaders Network for Our Journey of Hope. This is something you have had a hand in creating and sustaining, Percy, and uh, it's it's God's way to reach out to the church to be of help. Yeah, we continue to nurture the faith community uh, with resources and a relationship that tells them uh, that from a healthcare organization's perspective, we understand that spirituality matters and the role that spiritual leaders have 
in their community, and we want to provide them with resources and tools that will enable them to have a, a, an engaged and an informed conversation uh, in their sphere of influence with regard to the subject of cancer. And this network uh, provides free resources, a free uh, monthly e-newsletter that will allow them, as well as opportunities for training to start cancer care ministries free of charge in their local churches. So please uh, uh, be willing to join the network. Yeah. It's growing. It's about 27, 28,000 members strong now. Uh, international ministries and churches are part of the network, and we'd love to have them. And it's available free to you. You can sign up online when you go to healthhopeandinspiration.com and look for the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page. If you're a pastor or church leader and you're catching the vision for this, sign up for the Ministry Leaders Network to learn more. Our Journey of Hope at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We got such inspiration from two sources today, from, from our guest Elaine and from God's Word. And of course, the Word of God is the is the sustenance of our, our being that feeds us spiritually. And so we want to close with it from Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 28. And it was actually quoted by Elaine in our conversation. And it basically says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Thank you, Percy. We hope to hear from our listeners this week. You can do that through our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. I'll see you next time. All right. Blessing. God bless. Take care. And thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.